Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. In 2016 and 17, OSHA issued the United States Postal Service general duty citations at five separate locations for allegedly exposing employees to excessive heat. One citation was the result of an employee needing to be hospitalized while walking her delivery route. The employee had walked more than five miles on a route while the heat index exceeded 111 degrees Fahrenheit. The total proposed penalties exceeded a half a million dollars. The concern, of course, is that excessive heat can lead to serious health complications up to and including death. There is nothing unique about OSHA using the general duty citation process to cite employers for exposing employees to excessive heat. OSHA has successfully used the process for years or possibly decades to issue citations to employers because there is no OSHA standard covering heat stress. What is unique is the argument the United States Postal Service used and how a judge recently ruled. In federal OSHA states, which are states that don't manage their own OSHA programs, employers appeal their OSHA citations to the Occupational Safety and Health Review Commission. This commission consists of administrative law judges whose sole job is to hear appeals to OSHA citations. The United States Postal Service appealed the five citations on the basis that the National Weather Service chart OSHA relied upon is not scientifically valid. The Occupational Safety and Health Review Commission administrative law judge agreed and threw out the citations. Specifically, the judge ruled that there was no scientific link between the National Weather Service hazard levels OSHA relied upon and the likelihood a worker would suffer a heat disorder. Now, it's important to discuss the National Weather Service heat index chart. There are two parts to the chart, and the judge is only stating one aspect of the chart isn't scientifically valid. The primary purpose of the chart is to determine the heat index for various temperature and humidity levels. On the x-axis, the chart has air temperature, increasing from left to right. On the y-axis is the relative humidity level, again from low to high. By looking at the intersection of a specific temperature and humidity, you get the heat index. You often hear about the heat index on your local weather forecast. For example, at an air temperature of 90 degrees Fahrenheit and a humidity level of 75%, the heat index is 109 degrees Fahrenheit, which means that even though the thermometer reads 90, it feels like 109. The judge did not question this aspect of the chart as the heat index is scientifically valid. It's the second part of the chart that was questioned. The chart has four colored regions representing relative hazards of caution, extreme caution, danger, and extreme danger. The hazard regions represent the supposed likelihood of heat disorders. If the heat index is below 90 degrees, the relative hazard is caution. From 91 degrees to 103 is the extreme caution category. From 104 degrees to 124 is the danger category, and above 124 degrees is extreme danger. OSHA relied upon these upper categories to issue general duty citations for heat stress. The United States Postal Service presented evidence that the hazard regions are not based on any scientific evidence, but from an article in a popular magazine in 1981 without any citations or reference to support the categories. The judge agreed with the United States Postal Service, decided the categories were not established on a scientific basis, and vacated all five citations. In addition, OSHA provided no evidence that the hazard levels were based upon scientific fact. There are two important takeaways from this decision. First, OSHA essentially cannot use the heat index categories as its basis for general duty citations going forward. Technically, OSHA can still use it to issue citations, but they would have to hope that the employer wouldn't appeal the citations since the employer would easily win based upon this decision. What OSHA needs to do is find scientific research that shows that at some heat index level, maybe 105 degrees for example, employees are at an excessive risk of heat-related injuries and use that scientific evidence to support the citations. 
OSHA could also use this information to create a regulatory standard on heat stress, a solution that has been proposed for many decades. The second takeaway is that just because OSHA would have difficulty citing employers for exposing employees to excessive heat, it does not mean employers can blissfully ignore the hazard. Employees suffer from work-related heat overexposure every year, and some die. This is needless injury and death that can be prevented. Heat stress is a complicated issue, however. It's not just about the heat index. What job tasks the employees are completing, specifically the amount of physical energy they are exerting, the duration of time they are in the heat, the duration of the task, if employees are in the direct sun or not, the employee's overall health, and the employee's acclimatization to heat are all factors in the risk for a heat-related disorder. Employers need to take steps to prevent employees from being impacted by heat stress. Employers should implement as many of the following suggestions as suitable for their work tasks and the work environment. Allow time for employees to adjust to hot jobs when possible. It often takes two to three weeks for an employee to become acclimatized to a hot environment. Adjust work schedules if possible. Assign heavier work on cooler days or during the cooler part of the day. If employees are working outdoors, provide shade when possible. Establish a schedule for work and rest periods during hot days. Provide plenty of cool water for employees to drink and stay hydrated. Ensure adequate ventilation. Provide fans for ventilation and cooling. Train workers to recognize signs and symptoms of heat stress disorders and be prepared to give first aid if necessary. Recognize that individual employees vary in their tolerance to heat stress conditions. What works for one employee may not work for all. So, please take the time to evaluate the work tasks performed in your company. Ensure feasible steps are being taken to minimize the potential for heat-related illness. What you do today for safety can save a life tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, please make time each day to create a safer workplace.